You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. He gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his new creation. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Good morning, everybody. I'm Father Sean. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm the rector here at Resurrection. So glad that you're here. This morning, we're in the second week of a series that we've been doing called First Fruits. And uh, this, this First Fruits series, we have been rediscovering the generosity. Not just the generosity, but kind of the over-the-top, lavish generosity that is so characteristic of our God. The, the earth is the Lord's. The psalmist tells us the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, all that we have, every last bit, not a single inch of all of creation isn't God's. It is all his. So we've been asking with that in view, it's all his. We've been asking, what does it mean to be good stewards? What does it mean to be caretakers of something that's not yours? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Yeah, even that stuff that you're thinking, no, that's no, that is too. And you are a caretaker, you are a steward of this gift. And we're wondering, what does it mean to be a steward of gifts from God? Last week, we talked about the phrase, first fruits. We were wondering, like, where did that come from? And we found that, that first fruits is actually at home, best understood, and originally understood as, as a worship with God from, from your own wealth. The worship of God with your wealth. And, the, and, and we, we saw that the believers would take their first, their best, tenth of their produce, the work of their labor, the first of their fruits as an offering to God. Giving their first, giving their best portion of wealth to God. And we saw that in worshiping God with, with our money in this way, we found that there's actually this interesting side effect. It actually frees up our hearts. We aren't so gripped by greed and fear, but when we worship God with our wealth, something kind of loosens up and we're able to worship God in freedom. We're, we can indeed and truly lift up our hearts to the Lord like we say in the service. That's what we talked about last week. This week, the picture of God's generosity, if it wasn't big enough, it gets bigger this week in the book of James. You, aren't you excited about this? I love James. I love James. We're going to spend some time with him. It gets bigger. We're going to see that in Jesus, we, you and I, have become a kind of first fruits of creation. Think about that. The first fruits that God has called his believers, his people, to give to him, the first, the best, huge portion of their wealth. God says, in Christ, you are those first fruits. Interesting. So what does it mean then if we are that first best prized possession of God? What does it mean for us to be stewards of this thing that's been placed within us? The first fruits of all creation. What does it mean to be a steward of ourselves? That's where we're headed and chapter 1 in James takes us there. So let's look in chapter 1 of the book of James. To see, now really to kind of back up, to see the profound wealth of what God has given to us, there's some mastery that happens in this first chapter and it's really subtle. It's like a painting. You can kind of walk by it. If you ever go to a museum, you can walk by a bunch of paintings and you won't get anything out of it. But if you stop and you pause and you look really carefully at the brush strokes, the subtleties, the painting starts to give to you. This is the way scripture is. We can run through it, but if we stop and we pause and we, and we adore the wonder of what has been inspired in, in scripture, it starts to give in miraculous ways to us. So that's what we're going to do in chapter 1. It takes us, James takes us just about as far as the human imagination can really uh, go. It's just almost out of reach for us. And so poetically in verse 17, James, he teases out the subtle grandeur 
of God, the beauty of God and his generosity. And this is how he does it. You ready? He, he writes this. Every gener generous act of giving, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every perfect gift, every good thing comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no change. There's no variation like shadows. Everything good comes from him. James offers us this profound vision, this picture, really. You can kind of see it. I can see it. That we would miss if we didn't just pause and stop and just kind of camp out for a little bit. And we take the time to look at what James is giving to us here. We see something really beautiful, something very subtle, almost something we might not notice in first pass. We see it to kind of pop out. Poetically, James points us to the heavens, full of wonder. He points above, looks to the heavens, looking to the God the Father, the Father of lights, from whom every perfect and good gift comes, and says, now this is where generosity begins. Can you see it? This is the God that we worship. If you want to know anything about generosity, if you want to know anything about goodness, if you enjoy anything in your life and you wonder where it comes from, look to the heavens. Look into the grandeur of the skies, the father of lights who has strung the cosmos together in his mastery has given it to you. Every generous act comes from the father of lights. Some translate this as looking at the heavenly lights. So we'd see literally, can you, can you kind of picture it? The world and the universe spinning about in the motion of all of creation, the complexities of every star, all of the light, everything you can imagine, just even beyond the human imagination of what we're still trying to explore in the cosmos. James points us to it and says, see the grand generosity of God, the father of lights. From him, every beautiful and good and perfect gift comes. So why do this? Why, why point to the heavens? Was, I think this is why. With such creative force, James is setting up a way for us to imagine the way the universe actually works. Some would call this like a cosmology. But James is offering to us a way to imagine the, way, the, the, the ways that the universe actually works. By the generous handiwork of our Heavenly Father, the Father of Lights. He points us to the night sky with its planets, with its beauty, with its unfathomable complexity to make a very simple point. What's the point? To show all the more how amazing this beautiful gift that's been implanted in us is. James says, look to the heavens. Look how amazing, look how wonderful, look how unfathomable this is. Every good gift comes from the Father of lights who has strung together the stars. And even more important, even more beautiful, even more unfathomable is the implanted word of truth in you. You see the complexity? You see the contrast that James is setting up there so poetically for us? With the heavens in view, all of the reach of the cosmos, James tells us, it is the will. It is the actual intention. God has premeditated this. It is his good pleasure to take the wealth of heaven and place it in you. By the word of truth, he has placed it in us. So that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Listen to this. You and I, because of Jesus, because of the gift, the word of truth, which is Christ himself, because that has been placed in us, we now have become the first, the best, the most prized possession in the galaxy. 
that seems almost unthinkable. That seems almost unimaginable. That's almost beyond reach for us. You and I are the first fruits of God's creation. Well, how can that be? Is that because we are like really good looking? And you guys are good looking. Is that because we're really smart? Is that because we have like gone to school and studied something and made something of ourselves? Why is that? How is it that we are now the prized possessions of all creation? How is that? Does that have anything to do with us? Oh, it just gets better. It gets more and more generous from this God who is the Father of lights, who from every good and perfect gift comes, he has also given us the word of truth. Something that has been planted within us, verse 21 says, that has the power to save our souls. Who is this word of truth planted within us? Who is this wealth of heaven taken on flesh and blood and entering into our lives and in our neighborhood? Do you know who that is? It's Jesus. Jesus himself is actually the embodiment of heaven and earth realized in a person. The wealth of heaven has come in the form of Jesus Christ, God himself, and he has entered into our lives. The father of lights, God himself has taken the wealth, the grandeur, the beauty of heaven and planted it in us in the person of Jesus. And in him, in Jesus, in the word of truth, we find the salvation of our souls. We find the rescue of our lives in Jesus. The unchanging one, the one who's not like a shadow, who doesn't vary with the sun and make different, you know, changing all the time. The one who is unchanging has given us an unchanging gift in the person of Jesus Christ. The one gift of new life in Christ is greater than the wealth and the beauty of the entire cosmos. This is what has been given to us. Can you imagine a more generous gift? You see what James is doing here? He's kind of sizing up everything that you and I think, well, now that's a generous gift, and saying, no, more. Okay, well, what about this? More. Okay, well, you can't obviously mean this. You'd say yes and more. Keep going. There is no gift like Jesus. There is no gift like the one word of truth that has come to save our souls, Jesus Christ. That's what's in view for James. That's what we're going to see, actually, as he continues in his letter. So let's pause there. This is our reading from this morning. How do you and I, let's ask this question, with all this in view, with the heavens in view, how do you and I be good stewards of that kind of gift? What does it mean to be a caretaker of a gift like that that has been implanted in us, in Jesus? What does it mean to be a caretaker, someone who who tends to, as if it's not your own, because it's not your own. It's been given to you generously by the Father of lights. What does it mean to be a good steward? Well, Jesus continues. This is how you steward your life in Christ, we heard. Verse 19, don't be, I'm sorry, James continues. He says in verse 19, don't be first to speak. Huh, that's an odd thing, considering the wealth of heaven implanted in us. What does it look like to steward that? Let's begin with this. Don't be the first one to speak. Be slow to speak. Listen. Listen carefully. Be slow to anger. Rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. Be doers of the word that's been planted in you. Not merely hearers that you might deceive yourself. Don't be like those who walk up to a mirror, see their picture of their face, and immediately walk away and forget who they are. Don't be like that. Acting as if they have no idea that the word of truth has been planted within them. James says. And this makes all the difference. It is from within. 
Jesus tells us. Do you remember our gospel reading? It is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. This is what defiles a person from what is within. So now, so now, what has been placed within us is not evil, it's not deceit, it's not malice, it's not anger. What has been placed within us, can you see the connection, is that word of truth in Christ himself. All the more are we transformed in the way that we live our lives outwardly. All the more, if it is true what Jesus says, that what defiles a person is what's planted within you, what, what's inside that comes out, then all the more if that is transformed into the likeness and the beauty of Christ, all the more our lives might reflect that. When you come to Jesus, you're no longer marked by wickedness. That's no longer your story. You inherit a different narrative. A different word of truth has been planted within you. When you come to Jesus, you're no longer broken or marked by brokenness. That is no longer the overarching narrative in your life, who you are. You don't wear that name tag anymore. But now you wear the name tag of forgiveness. That's who you are. Healing. That is now your story. That is what the word of truth is now doing in your life, is healing the rescue of your soul. That's what's happening when the word of truth has been planted within us. We care for the weak. Of course we do. For the orphans, for those who are in distress, single mothers, everybody that is in need, we care for them. Why? Because we are inheritors of the grand generosity of God, the Father of lights who's planted in us the most generous of all gifts, the word of truth, Christ himself. So our lives begin to pour over and look like that even outwardly with others. Does that make sense? It actually does not make sense to be stingy after someone has been infinitely generous to you. You see what James is saying? It only makes sense for you to act like who you are, to look in the mirror and realize I'm a child of God. The word of truth has been planted within me. And so it looks, if I'm going to be honest with who I am, I act generously even to those who are in the most need, even those who are neglected, those who are left out. It just makes sense for who I am to live this way because that's truly who I am. This morning, if you have not received that word of truth, the wealth of heaven that has been given graciously to you in the person of Jesus Christ, if, you have, if you're this, here this morning, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't think I've, I've done that before. Or maybe there are some roadblocks in your mind. Well, there's reasons I haven't done that. Uh, I want to invite you this morning. Come to Jesus. Don't delay. The generosity of God is found, the wealth of heaven, all of that you're looking for, the goodness of God is packaged in a person and his name is Jesus. And it is the presence of God and he has come to you that you might receive the gift of knowing him, that he would be planted in your life, that your life would no longer be marked by brokenness and sin and isolation and darkness and confusion, but you would be found by the person of God himself, Jesus Christ, and that word of truth planted in your life does miracles. I know it's happened to me. The forgiveness of sins, the generosity of God, it hits you like a bus and you can't walk away without a limp. It does wonders. Come to Jesus this morning. That gift is for you. I want to invite you, if that is where you're at during communion, we have this wonderful family meal where we come to the altar and receive communion. I want to invite you, come with your, if you haven't received Jesus, come with your arms crossed and we'll pray for you. And then there's going to be people in the back here who will love to pray for you. Just go ahead, tell them, hey, uh, I, uh, I haven't, I haven't received Christ in my life. I want to follow Jesus. And they will help you pray and walk through that. Sound good? If that's you, you should totally seek that out this morning. For the rest of us Christians, those who are following Jesus and wrestling, what does it mean to be a steward of the wealth of heaven that God has placed in us in Jesus Christ? Let's, I want to challenge you this morning. Let's be good stewards. 
Let's not just play the play, talk the talk, like do the religious show. Let's not just march around like we have the word of truth, but we don't necessarily need to act like that except for on Sundays. Let's actually lean into this gift that God has entrusted to us in Jesus. Let us live into the truth of who we really are as the first fruits of God's creation. By the word of truth planted it within us. Come to the table this morning. I want to invite you Christians, those who follow Jesus, come to the table this morning with the heavens in view in your hearts and your minds. With the wealth of heaven in view, come to the table with hearts full of wonder. How, God, can this be that you are so generous to me again and again and again and again? With hearts full of wonder, with hearts full of gratitude, come to the table this morning. That you have been rescued by the lavish, over-the-top, unfathomable generosity of God through the person of Jesus Christ. Let's come to the table this morning as we worship God and say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, over and over again. Come to the table with hearts charged with gratitude this morning. Amen? Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.